Hey, this is Kiran Nagarat from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Sean Glaze with us. Sean is a leadership speaker, author, and team building facilitator. He has over twenty years of experience working with organizations to develop more active leaders, build exceptional cultures, and ignite team performance. Known for oxen culture, leadership, team, and culture building, Sean, uh, welcome to the show. And uh, he's also been a basketball coach, so a little excited. <laughs> there let's know more about sean sean welcome to the show again thank you very much for having me kieran and very much excited to share hopefully some helpful information with your audience yes so let's begin your life journey tell us about snippets of life from here and there some highlights if you would love to share yeah what i do now is very similar to what i did for almost three decades although with a different group of people i started off as a high school teacher and basketball coach And it was as a basketball coach that I went into my first head coaching job full of all kinds of enthusiasm and high expectations and completely focused on strategy. And we failed miserably and underperformed based upon the talent that we had. And that was completely my fault. And I realized that it's not strategy that determines your success, that it's culture that determines how well your strategy will be implemented. And I had completely neglected that. And so For most of my career as a basketball coach, I went from school to school, taking over programs and turning them around, helping to improve culture to then improve results and performance. And since I retired as a teacher and coach, I've been a speaker and author and facilitator working with organizations around the world to do the exact same thing, to help them be more positive and more profitable by focusing on improving their culture. As you mentioned that culture is something that can help improvise on the strategy and help implement the strategy. So every person that I've almost interviewed, it says that strategy is very important. Culture is something that is kind of thing that that is old, but yet sounds like a new thing. So then it's about how to build that culture. I would first share that your previous guests are absolutely correct. Strategy is vital. And it's like when I was coaching basketball, you have to have talent to win. It's Mm -hmm. the same way in organizations. You have to have talent. You have to have strategy. But while strategy is essential, it's never enough. It's never sufficient because that strategy can absolutely fail. And here's why. Strategy, when I work with organizations or when I'm coaching a leader, strategy is what you want to get done. Strategy is what you clarify as those things that need to be accomplished by you and your team. Culture will always determine how well you and your team do that. And I've actually used in all of my speaking engagements and all the half-day or full-day programs that I facilitate with organizations, I use a very, very simple definition of culture. Culture has nothing to do with snacks or with games or with the layout or landscape of your office. Culture is nothing more the behaviors that are allowed and repeated in your organization. And so if you think about it, whether it's an in-person organization or a remote organization, they still have a culture because there are behaviors that are repeated by the members of that team. Your family has a culture because there are behaviors that are repeated that become acceptable. And that culture is always a result of people's beliefs, what they believe to be the right thing to do in that moment based upon their information. And their beliefs are based upon their previous experiences. And so my job when I go into an organization is to give them some shared experiences to shift the awareness of many of those leaders or teammates 
to give them better beliefs and assumptions, and then to change behaviors based upon an improved awareness of their impact on others and obviously on the strategy that they're focused on. So there are people whom I meet who are who look very smart, right? And there are people who are smart. And then there are people who are worth. Uh, let's building culture. What are first few things that needs to take care of? What are those things? What are the first few priorities? While yeah, being- and that is a fantastic question because ultimately culture is this very cloudy, confusing term that many people will throw around and they'll spend money in places that don't really impact culture. And culture From what I found, and this is one of the things that I've written about in one of my books is rapid teamwork, and you can build teamwork, you can build culture if you focus upon five specific things. And I use a very simple acronym, Kieran, and that is to build a great team or a great culture, you need to focus upon the word great, and that is goals and relationships and expectations and accountability and then thank yous. And so when I'm working with an organization, those are the five areas of culture that we'll focus on and really in that order, because you need to establish a goal and have a purpose and know what the meaningful mission is that people are contributing to. That obviously is the first piece of the puzzle is why are we here? The next piece is building relationships and establishing trust and an appreciation of the skills and talents and teammates that you're working with to climb that mountain. The next thing is, what are we going to do to clarify expectations and to really build in what are the standards that we're going to set and hold ourselves accountable for in terms of how we're going to communicate and what are the commitments we're going to make to each other in terms of our behaviors and how we're going to work together best. And then accountability is obviously, no matter how clear you are in expectations, people are fallible. People are going to make mistakes. Somebody's going to drop the ball at some point. How do you actually have those feedback conversations? How do you hold yourself accountable? And how do you help to hold your teammates accountable by having some difficult conversations and by encouraging conflict on teams so that you can move forward together? And then finally, what are you going to do specifically to recognize those efforts and to make sure that people feel seen and appreciated for their contributions? So those are, when I'm working with an organization, those are the five vital areas. And most leaders are familiar with those. But the issue is not knowing that it's important, but being intentional about what am I doing with my team to really invest in that area. Yes, yes. And of course, as you mentioned that the great formula is a great way to start. Tell us about the other books that you have written. So this was one book, which which consists about the great formulas. One, yeah. one thing about each book. Behind me, yeah. behind me, some of the books and rapid teamwork is the first one that I mentioned. And I appreciate you offering a little bit of a mention about that. After I started doing the speaking care, one of the things that I found that most organizations were looking for is not just developing their leaders and managers to build great teams and great cultures, but what can we do to really inspire our people, those frontline employees to be better, to take more ownership, to take more initiative. And that's when I actually wrote the 10 commandments of winning teammates, which is the second book in a series. So I went from leaders to then how do you improve teams by making them better teammates? And what are the questions that they need to ask? And what are the areas they need to focus on to be a great teammate? And obviously you don't have to have played any type of sport to have had a great teammate. So if I were to ask you, who's the best teammate you ever had? There's probably a face and a name that's popped into your mind because they had a positive impact on you and your productivity 
in your experience at some point. And we all have that experience. And what can you do to be that winning teammate for someone else? And then the most recent book that I just finished, actually, less than a year ago, is Staying Coachable. Because one of the things that I realized, and I think this is one of the reasons you reached out also, is even for leaders and teammates, you reach your level of success. You are where you are in terms of success that you've achieved because you've been coachable. Every person listening has reached their level of success because they were willing to learn and to change and to grow and to be coachable. The issue is at some point we become complacent and instead of climbing that next mountain, we get comfortable. And so a lot of people will hire a coach. And sometimes I've been a coach for leaders who say they want to be better, but they're not necessarily willing to change behaviors to make that happen. And so staying coachable is a story about how do you help yourself first and your team second to thrive and change and to keep improving. Wow. So wonderful books and the best way of getting those books, Sean, tell us about the best ways of getting your books. The best ways of getting the books. Thank you very much. Absolutely. They are available on Amazon as just about everything in the world is. You can visit me on my website at Great Results Team Building. And I have books and products that are available for leaders and teams. Uh, the main thing is if you were just to Google rapid teamwork or to Google winning teammates or to Google staying coachable, you're going to be able to find the site and find the book and hopefully some resources that you'll be able to use with your team in order to move them forward and be more successful. So do get them guys and you know how to reach Sean now. Now let's move on to the next question. So what are some of the best client experiences? Can you tell us about any recent client incident or any transformation that you might have witnessed to get an insight on what the great, how to set the expectations working with you? Yes, sir. Yeah, I think that ultimately is the business that we're in is what can you yeah. do to add information to improve awareness to help people transform so that they're a better leader or a better teammate tomorrow than they were today. And ultimately, everything comes down to giving them an experience that's going to shift their awareness and maybe improve their beliefs and challenge some assumptions so that they have better behaviors and that contributes to the culture. And so if I'm a speaker, you want it to be interactive. You want to make sure that you make people think, but you want to make sure that through the stories and some of the activities in the midst of that or conference talk, that they have a chance to experience something that changes their thinking, that changes their behavior. And where you see most of the transformation is actually have half day and full day trainings that all work with organizations in order to improve communication, to improve leadership, to improve accountability, to increase trust. And those are all based upon interactive experiences that give people a chance to go through together and then shift their awareness and have a greater appreciation of how their attitude and their actions impact others and ultimately allow them to have the success that they want. Yeah. And the way that you mentioned, like it is important for keeping uh, an organization productive. It is important to keep the employee motivated, right? So tell us about what are the ways of keeping the team member excited about the work every day. Like you, you told about culture building. So is it only monetization that supports motivation or what are the other factors that can help us build that culture? You asked the question because I think you have certainly have <laughs> an idea of the answer. <laughs> and that is uh, absolutely not. I do believe that pay is one of those anchors that makes people loyal to an organization or to a team. But mm -hmm. I think that there are many other what I call loyalty anchors that keep people on that team 
that keep them even in the storms of winds or tides, pulling them in different directions, that people will be loyal to a team and an organization, not because of pay only, but because of things like purpose. Mm -hmm. Am I in the middle of a team? Am I, do I have the ability to contribute to something that's meaningful to me? And so purpose is one of those loyalty anchors. I think that progress is one of those loyalty anchors. What is the progress I'm making so that I become better, so that I'm developing skills and talents and knowledge? How am I growing in this role to be a better contributor so that I have more skills when I leave the organization or that I can actually acquire different skills within the organization? So mm -hmm. I think that pay is one of those loyalty anchors, but purpose is one. I think progress is one. I absolutely believe that praise is a powerful loyalty anchor, people feeling seen and appreciated. I think that recognition is one of the things that leaders and managers understand is important, but they're not intentional about sharing it specifically with the people that need it the most so that people feel seen for what they're doing to contribute to that meaningful mission or that compelling common goal that they're a part of. And yeah, there is certainly an importance placed upon what is the pay, what is my salary, uh, yeah. that needs to be competitive. But there are so many other factors that leaders can control in terms of helping people make progress, in terms of helping people identify their contribution to a meaningful purpose, and then being around good people. I think that the people that we associate with each day are one of those loyalty anchors. And if you work in an organization where you have a friend, you are far more likely to stay and to be engaged if you've got relationships that are meaningful. And so people and purpose and progress and praise are really powerful motivators as well. You can literally enlighten people. So thank you so much for putting light on the spots that were dark to us till now. Let's move on to the next question, a question that I haven't asked, but you would want someone to ask you that question, right? So what would that question be? And what would their answer to that question be? Wow. What is the question that you haven't asked that I would like for you to? And I've actually heard a really good question in a previous conversation I had, and that was, what is a secret that shouldn't be a secret, specifically mm -hmm. for leaders? Because what I found is when I do team building or I work on teamwork or work on trust or collaboration or morale or culture, those are all symptoms of leadership. And so I think that ultimately, Everything that occurs in an organization is a symptom of leadership. And a leader's job is obviously to get results and to make sure that they maintain retention of the talent they have that helps them to get those results. Mm -hmm. The issue is that most of the time, leaders are busy that they lose sight of the things that are going to make them a little bit more successful. And I think that idea of the thing that separates effective leaders from ineffective leaders is not experience. And I think that's maybe a secret that a lot of times people don't recognize is you can be a very effective leader with less experience if you have more awareness. And so a great deal of my events and programs and keynotes is based upon improving the awareness of leaders because the more aware you are, the more effective you can become. And so if there's to answer your question, if there's a secret perhaps that should not be a secret, it's that. Yes, experience is important, much like strategy, but mm -hmm. it's never essential. And the thing that makes leaders more effective is an experience. We've all had leaders that have been mm -hmm. in a role for a number of years, but haven't gotten better <laughs> and aren't getting results. 
And so the most effective leaders are those that have the greatest awareness of themselves and of their team so they can help their team be more effective. Yes, got it. Totally. And everything that you say align to themselves for building a great company. So it is nothing out of the blue. It is like the red ocean of knowledge. My final question for the day. So any action plans, any action steps? But before that, tell us about the best place of reaching out to you once again. So what are they? Absolutely. If you wanted to find me online, you can go to greatresultsteambuilding.com. You can find me on LinkedIn at Sean Glaze. You can certainly find me on Amazon at Sean Glaze or looking up the books Rapid Teamwork or Staying Coachable or The Winning Teammates. And I would love to be a resource uh, for you and your company. If you're having any issues with culture, feel free to reach out. I would love to be able to, whether it's as a coach or a facilitator or a speaker, really help you and your team improve the productivity and performance and profitability because you've focused upon the culture that allows your strategy to succeed. Whatever he says is true, guys. So do reach out. And with that said, I'll lead uh, this conversation to the final thoughts. So any action steps? And what is the one thing you would suggest the listener do after this conversation that can have an impact on their productivity, bottom line, their culture, anything? The one thing that I think that everyone should do is as you close your laptop or you turn off your phone and you go back to your desk or your laptop or your activities professionally, is if you want to be a better teammate and if you want to be a better leader, that starts with being a little bit more intentional about asking yourself better questions. And you're going to improve your awareness when you begin to ask yourself better questions. And that's as a teammate or as a leader. And some questions you can ask are reflective, looking at yourself. And then you can actually get feedback from your team in order to be better because you ask them, what is your experience? What does it feel like to be led by me? What is one thing that I can do better to be a better leader or teammate for you? What's something that you actually benefit from that I'm doing well that you want me to continue? And I think that intentional asking of questions is one of the most powerful ways for us to improve our awareness and obviously become more effective. Yeah, and do that, guys, because I think that is a great strategy to move forward because being intentional about whatever you do is always a good strategy than being a victim mindset. So. That's how we'll roll this conversation. And with that said, that was today's episode of the Sparking Entrepreneur Show. Thank you so much, Shahar, for enlightening us on a lot of things today. And I am your host, Kiran Agran, signing off. You guys take care. Bye, guys.